Welcome to the Be Encouraged podcast. I am your host, Jackie Brindle. I am a mom of three, wife, teacher, and I do like to run. Life is busy, but one thing is for certain. With God, nothing is impossible. Hey there and welcome. I'm your host, Jackie Brindle of the Be Encouraged podcast, and this week was Valentine's Day week, and I chose this episode to air on Valentine's Day because the heart of this message has so much love behind it. Now, whether you are sending messages to your friends or family today, I hope you pass along this episode number 29 to your loved ones. The guest speaker I have here is Ann Wolf, who is the founder of the Open Door Project in Pine Grove, Pennsylvania. This project is as inviting as it sounds. Anne opens up her heart and shares her story about her dream for others to find their voice and how it has truly made an impact, a positive impact in her community. But more importantly, I challenge you as you listen in to think about where you could open the door of your heart, invite others in to empower them, to lift people up and serve your community and meet people right where they are with a loving heart to tell them that they matter. That's right. So you won't want to miss out on this make a difference kind of conversation. So quick, pause, grab your coffee or get yourself ready for your run. Hit play while you're cleaning up the house today or wherever you are. And always be encouraged. Hi there, Anne. Hi, Jackie. Oh man, everyone is going to be in such for a treat today getting to know you. Um, I don't know if anybody here had grown up and had gone to like one spot, like this person's home, uh, this one family's home and called it your home away from home because I feel like, Anne, what you're doing in your community is a home away from home. Um, yeah. And I can't wait for people to to know and learn more about this home away from home. So I don't know, could you start us off here and explain a little bit more about what you do and the Open Door Project and all the inspiration that kind of unpacks or goes along with that? Sure. Uh, First of all, I just want to thank you for the opportunity. Um, I've never done a podcast before, so I always enjoy new things. And so the invitation is an honor. I just want to thank you for that. Um, And it's always really a, you know, just a privilege to be able to talk about something that is so passionate, you know, that I'm so passionate about. And the Open Door Project is, is one of those things. Um, so basically, the Open Door Project is a nonprofit in our community that's set up like kind of like a little coffee shop. And we use that as a community center for the kids of all ages. They come in and we just love on them there. Um, so yeah, definitely. A lot of the kids describe it to us as their second home and they just, they love to come there and just be known by the staff and the their friends there. Oh, that's so awesome. You know, I was just in the town uh, where this is the other day and I saw a really cool sign just hanging up and I think it said something like, you matter to your town. Is that, is that right? Was that the right quote? It says, uh, my town thinks I matter. Oh, yeah. that was so good. My town thinks I matter. You yeah, guys, we actually, we, we had a um, Christmas party, um, a to-go Christmas party for the kids because we had to cancel their 
um, Christmas parties for their programs that we were going to be having there. So we sent out this thing on Facebook to the town and explained to them that the kids weren't able to have their Christmas parties and we opened it up for them to donate uh, money so we could buy them gifts and have this to do to go Christmas party. So that's what the town did. And in order to thank the town and let them see what, you know, their donations did, the kids all got pictures with their presence with this sign that said, my town thinks I matter. So that's where that came from. Oh my gosh. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. I feel like that, that just melts my heart knowing that a kid knows that they matter in their town. I feel like if, whether you're in a small town or a, a big city to know that you matter, you're not just a number. It is really amazing. It's really important. Um, where did all that inspiration come from? Anne? I mean, where does this even begin uh, to start? Oh, wow. Well, um, if it's okay with you, I'll just explain a little bit about um, kind of my life and, and how I think the pieces sort of came together that this happened to be. Um, so I was born in Lancaster County. Uh, I was raised in a conservative Mennonite community. And um, while that culture has really strong points, it can also be isolating from the rest of the world. Um, they uh, tend to interact mostly with other Mennonites. So um, I was an outgoing, curious kid, and I thrived on making new friends. I loved diversity, you know, as I do now. Um, and I felt like I was missing something really special by being kept away from people that weren't like me. Um, and also, there was just some some really difficult dynamics in my home life. And so I really struggled deeply with feeling like I didn't belong. Um, I struggled with understanding my self-worth, you know, even as a little child. And um, as I grew up, I, I really floundered with that even more. I mean, my teenage years were, were filled with searching for identity and belonging and safety. And um, along with them in a culture, uh, when you're a girl, there are certain expectations that come with that of knowing your place. And I was this little girl full of ideas and a voice and passion and wanting to interact with the world. So it definitely made the identity thing a, a real struggle for me in all of my growing up years. So um, all of those hard things that I wrestled with led me to make decisions, you know, that just weren't solid and brought me a lot of heartache. I mean, that's what happens to, you know, anyone um, when we're in a really hard time, we aren't at a solid place to make really good decisions. And so sometimes, you know, as an adult, I wonder in what ways my life would have been drastically different had I had someone that I respected and who I felt loved me to just come alongside of me to help me understand that I was lovable and valuable just as I was. Um, so somewhere along the line, you know, I, I think I just made an inner vow to myself that, um, that one day I would be, you know, who I needed when I was younger. So um, I went, you know, to work doing a lot of, of inner healing, you know, worked with a counselor and I just learned to turn my pain into something that could be used for good. Um, I didn't want my pain to be useless. I, I do believe that pain can be such a gift because it makes it possible, you know, for us to have empathy for the pain of others. So um, I was able to just kind of really dive into that and kind of learn how I can turn that around to be an inspiration in the world. And um, 
So kind of through all of that and, and my healing process and stuff, I got a job at a little coffee shop. Um, this was about 12 years ago, and it was in a nearby town. And I just fell in love with the atmosphere. I mean, I loved the regulars. I loved how a coffee shop brought people together, you know, all kinds of people. It didn't matter if, you know, you were poor or if you're wealthy or, you know, lots of people come together around coffee and around a, um, a comforting space. So as I, you know, served them coffee, you know, my life began to be woven in with theirs. And I had this idea. Um, I really believe that the open door that it was birthed during that time, the idea to create something similar to that in my hometown. And um, so, you know, fast forward 12 years and here we are, <laughs> an open door project. It doesn't look like I thought exactly it would look, but I really didn't know what it would look like. I just wanted to do something. I wanted to um, experiment with this. Like if people who really care show up and create a presence, what is possible? And turns out incredible things are possible. Wow. That is amazing. You know, I love, um, I just want to go back a little bit. Like you said, you grew up not really knowing your voice and not really having a voice or being able to express it. And in the very beginning stages, you know, finding your identity. And then you mentioned how you you wanted um, to be somebody for someone like you when you were younger. Mm-hmm. I think that really resonates with me. And like, yes, like I want to be there for somebody. Maybe that's why I'm a teacher. Cause mm-hmm. I knew like I needed that a teacher to show me and inspire me when mm-hmm. I was younger that I was mm-hmm. not, you know, um, the not smart kid in class or whatever it might right. be. Um, you know, that I was seen and noticed. And I, I, today in my own classroom feel like I want these kids to know that they're noticed and they're seen and they're smart mm-hmm. and, you know, important. Mm-hmm. And it's just so amazing to see how you flip everything from not feeling like you have a voice or identity to showing the kids in your community who they are, that they are mm-hmm. loved and that they matter. I mean, wow, what a mantra, what a way to, not even a mantra, but just a way to live life um, with purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really, um, I really believe that for my story, being able to do this work is redemption for me. You know, it, um, instead of being stuck and feeling like a victim, it's a way to say, look, I'm an overcomer and I can heal from this. And now not only can I heal, but now I can also come alongside others in their journey to healing. And every single time a new kid comes to the open door, or I'm able to just, you know, look in their little faces and tell them that they matter and that I care about them. And, um, you know, just to, to really see them and make them understand their worth and their value another part of my own heart heals it's just an amazing thing and it's definitely redemption I just love the idea of redemption I feel like all things are redeemable you know and you know nothing is a life sentence so it's just a, a beautiful way to to take what was what was pain and turn it into beauty yeah no that's really that's that's awesome and I think I, I just kind of want to ask you though how did you, how did you find this idea? Like, how how did you know where to start? Um, 
because you said it's a coffee shop and you wanted a place where people come and, and they and they kind of know their name, you know, or you mm-hmm. know their name and they know your name, right? Right, right. Um, but, you know, how does it all come about? And can you tell the, the listeners here what you do a little bit in more detail as well? Sure. So, um, you know, five years ago, um, I was, you know, had a group of friends and we kind of wanted to just share with them my desire to make a difference and kind of invited them along on the journey. And, you know, basically we pulled our resources uh, and we rented a small commercial space downtown right on Main Street. Um, initially, that's all we did. We pulled our money together and rented a space for $500 a month because we weren't exactly sure what we were going to do with the space, but we wanted to create this atmosphere where people felt like they belonged. So people donated chairs and tables and anything you can think of, and we painted it all to match and we put together this little hodgepodge of a shop with almost no money because people donated stuff that they didn't want anymore. And it was just so crazy to watch it come together and come to life. Um, and it's kind of crazy to even think back to that because it has, it has uh, grown and evolved into something so different five years later, but at the get go, it was, it was, it was purely an idea, um, rented the space, got tables and chairs in there. And so we, you know, kind of went to work with establishing the name and, and all the steps. We just asked people what to do next because none of us had ever been down the nonprofit road before. We didn't know what we were doing, but, um, Mr. Rogers is one of my personal life heroes. And he says that his mom always said to look for the helpers, that there's always helpers out there. And so, you know, I looked for helpers, whatever I didn't know, I asked and someone knows. And, and um, so let's see. Um, We evolved over the years, and we did get our license to serve food and coffee and all of that. Um, And while we were doing that, we also developed a kids program, we met once a week. And my thought was that the coffee shop part was going to flourish and the kids club would just be something we did on the side for the kids that showed interest. What actually ended up happening was it the exact opposite. We didn't get a whole lot of interest in the actual coffee shop part of it, but the kids club part just took off. And we went from, you know, eight kids to 12 kids to 20 kids. It was, it was crazy. And that was just going to be a summer thing. But when summer was over, the kids were like, you know, we don't want to, we don't want this to end. So we moved it to, to Tuesday nights instead. And, you know, we just continued having the kids in and five years later, kids night is still going. And we've added several other programs, um, all kind of um, focusing on, on different age groups or different things that we're learning. And we've had clubs inside of the schools. So we went from, you know, working with eight or 10 kids to um, this past spring when the shutdown happened, we were working with between two and 300 kids a week. So all of that to say, uh, we were, we went into this not knowing what it was going to be, but we wanted to make a difference and we wanted to tell people that they mattered. Um, And we just kind of held it open-handedly and left it be what it was meant to be. And we were, I think you could say, as surprised as everybody else. Wow. And it's really cool how you decided to let the people, like, tell me a little more about that. Like, you asked people, like, who did you ask? 
about the program, like what they wanted. And, and, and was it the school districts? Was it the, the parents? Uh, was it through um, social media you got the word out? Like, how do you do pull what your community needed? Because I think some people here are probably in the very beginning stages of maybe making a nonprofit or maybe mm-hmm. they're sitting there going, yes, I have an idea like, like this woman, you know, how do you get from point A to point B to point C? Now you're, I mean, you're down the road, down the alphabet a little bit longer, I'd say. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, how do you get to that point where you're like, okay, here's our mission. Here's mm-hmm. what the people want and so on. Like, yeah, who, who do you ask? Who yeah. are your helpers, you know? Right, right. Um, I think that you know, sometimes we make the mistake of, of deciding what people need from us um, instead of asking them and being a good listener. And to, like you're saying, you know, actually find out what the needs are. Um, you know, I, I lived in the town for a long time, for, you know, 15 years before this came to be. And I was observing for a long time, you know, what was going on, what the dynamics were. And, you know, my kids are in the school district. So, you know, we hear a lot from the kids coming home and telling me, you know, things that were happening in their homes or what their friends were going through, or, you know, just the drugs and alcohol and the things, the darkness that these kids were living under. And I just, you know, I felt just such care for them. Like I wanted to do something to help bring a light to the darkness that was clearly around us. Um, And I think a big way initially that kind of was an inroad to this was to just get involved in the community. My one daughter started playing junior girls softball and we made friends. Like I made it a point to get to know their, their moms, the kids' moms and the girls themselves. And we just, and like, took opportunities to volunteer at the school and get to know kids and teachers. And I just made it my priority to, to get to know the community in whatever way I could. And then when this idea came to be, and it felt like the time was right, I had people that I had already built a trust with that I could run these ideas by them and see what they thought. And would you like to plug your kids in? And then they knew me and trusted me because, you know, I was a softball mom. And so they sent their kids and then their kids brought friends or they told their friends, you know, hey, send your kids to to what Anne's doing in town. You know, she's a, a great lady, you know, because they had already knew me. So it wasn't like just sort of arriving on the scene and saying, OK, here I am. Here's what I'm going to do. You know, it was a it was a steady kind yeah. of weaving my life in among the people first. It's almost like it's just a gra- very natural, gradual, organic mm-hmm. kind of feel almost uh, from what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. And I like that you took time to invest in the community. Um, I think that's, that's what makes you guys kind of set apart is that you guys had had took the time, like you said, you were listening. Mm -hmm. Like, I think sometimes we're so quick to say, Oh, I I get it. I know what people want. It's no big deal. Um, And then just jump the gun, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And little do you find that that maybe business doesn't work out so well, or, um, and even just relationships, like Mm -hmm. listening it, it takes time. It takes effort. Sometimes you don't want to listen, mm-hmm. you know, um, but taking that time to care so much about it says a lot about your organization and what you're doing and why it's working so well. Um, and hopefully uh, inspires others to take that little piece of information as like this golden nugget in their pocket and mm. hopefully helps them to realize, you know what, listening, there's something magical when that happens, you yeah. know? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just think that's all part of that redemption story. What you said, like turning, uh, and, and it's also being patient. Like yeah. sometimes it doesn't always come so quick or instant. Right. I mean, Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Can you speak to that a little bit? Like, you know, what has been a challenge for you in trying to build this business, um, a nonprofit, no less, which, you know, especially in a pandemic, I'm sure has its own yeah. challenges. Uh, and how do you encourage others to, to keep going? Mm. I have learned so much and I still have so, so much to learn. Um, being approaching this with humility is a big thing. I mean, it's not easy for us to, to say to people, you know what, I don't know what I'm doing, or I don't know how to do this. But there's no shame in not knowing how to do something. I mean, that's how we learn we that's what school is all about. That's what life is. And so, you know, to, to bring this idea to people and say, I want to do this, but I'm not sure how. Um, and a lot of it was, you know, you learn what works a lot of times by what doesn't work. And if I, I mean, I could show you journals that I wrote while I sat in that shop and no one was there waiting for the kids to come, waiting for this to like take, you know, um, it was a long, long process. And, and for every high and every victory, there were so many discouraging moments um, because, you know, we had to just figure out what, what was going to work and it took time. And, you know, a lot of small communities like this, you know, something new starts and people are skeptical. So, you know, yeah, you might have your, your few friends or your people who know you to plug their kids in, but people will watch from a distance to see if you're really for real and are you pushing an agenda and are you going to try to make them believe a certain way? Because a lot of times when someone comes you know, in and says, Oh, I, I just want to care about you. Or I want to, you know, do this, you know, I want to, I want to serve this community. People have this idea that you have a hidden agenda or a motive. And so they'll hold you at arm's length. So it's taken years of just showing up. And sometimes it was for a couple kids, you know, or some weeks it just, you know, there was hardly anybody there. And there were so many times that I said to myself, like, I don't know if this is worth it. Am I doing the right thing? Um, am I supposed to just release this idea and just be done? I mean, so much self-doubt, you know, through the years. Um, but patience and perseverance were just a huge part of it and being willing to um, have things that didn't go well and just keep showing up and trying something different. It doesn't sound glamorous, but that's kind of the long and short of it. So this is not for the faint of heart, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's not. And I, um, something that is, I think, so incredibly valuable is this idea of like knowing your what, showing up and knowing what you, what you're about and what you hope to accomplish, but staying really flexible on the how. If that hadn't been established for me, the open door would be no more because many times we tried a how approach, you know, a certain way and it didn't work. And so we just, you know, um, what they call in social work, the plan change process, we just started over. We, we tried a different approach because um, just certain ways, like you have to be able to speak to someone in a way that they can understand and receive. 
and you have to be willing to adjust, you know, and to try something new. So we did that so many times. Our message, our what was you matter and we want to show up and we want to value these people, but we have to be willing to do it in a way that feels good to them. And so definitely trial and error. Yeah, no, definitely trial and error. I know one of the cool things um, I was talking to with one of my friends is um, she did a, kind of a, a paint night or something, right? At yeah. the at the Open Door Project. And that is just so inspiring because uh, the woman who is a, an artist in your community and, and pulling somebody who is an artist in and, and, and having her teach um, the girls something from her own experience and something that she loves to do, I think is really cool. And, Mm -hmm. um, and that just goes all to say that your what doesn't, you're right. It doesn't change. And, but how you approach it with, um, just uh, personal touches, I think that's really inspiring. Yeah. Um, you meet what the people are, are, are needing or wanting. It's almost like you, um, again, are looking back at your younger self and going, what do you need? And, and humans are so different every mm-hmm. year and year and different emotions and different things that your community goes through as a whole, you know? Um, so I think it's really cool that you're impacting them um, by listening. Yeah, that's really been a key, a key thing. And something we're really excited about this summer, we have um, – a couple different people, Talia, who you're referring to being one of them, who's an artist, she's going to be doing an art club this summer weekly for for kids that want to join her club. We also have another um, young woman in our community who um, in college, one of her projects was to write a paper or something about a, a community garden. She has been passionate about gardening and she's going to be doing a community garden through the Open Door Project and the kids are going to be able to sign up to be part of her club where she's going to teach them about gardening and then the community will be able to um, have the the vegetables and the things that they grow. So the more the, the organization becomes established, the more we're able to pull in people from the community who do have a passion and who want to invest. And I just feel like the more we can do that, the more the kids will benefit because everyone, it takes a village, you know, and everyone has something different and something beautiful to offer. So I'm just so, so excited about building the team and bringing in other people who are skilled and passionate about other things that maybe I'm not, but are equally needed. Yeah. And yeah, I, I love that because not everyone's the exact same, right? Mm-hmm. So your whole thing is you matter. And it's true. Like you're just saying it right now. Like we need all hands on deck and every Absolutely. hand here is helpful and has their own strength mm-hmm. uh, from an artist to a gardener to someone who's going to impact the community and the hearts of everyone um, to lift each other up. Because let's face it, we all go through pain. We mm-hmm. all go through a, so a certain level of brokenness or um, confusion or struggle. Uh, we all have a past, you know, or maybe we're going through things right now that is just a trial that we are facing, uh, whether it's loss or, um, just anything. And mm-hmm. I think just to have the open door. I just imagine someone's arms open wide mm-hmm. and they're like, come on in. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like home. It just feels yeah. good. And I think that is, oh, that, that's just so reassuring, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the hope. Yep. Yeah. It's almost like that David Crowder band uh, song that's like, just come as you are. 
Uh, come out of sadness wherever you've been. Come brokenhearted. Let the rescue begin. It's like wherever, whatever you're going through, um, be a light for somebody else um, mm-hmm. that just welcomes them home, you know, where they feel comfortable and they can just kind of lay down a little bit of whatever they're going through in the day. Absolutely. Yeah. So what, yeah. I guess what, is, what does open door mean to you? Because I'm, I'm kind of just going off what I think that kind of means for me. But what does Open Door Project mean to you in, in essence? Mm. I, um, I feel like the Open Door for me is the best way I can describe it is like it's a lived prayer. You know, I, it's my desire to live a life that's poured out for humanity and to help heal the pain in the world. And the Open Door Project is that prayer come to life for me. And I'm just so thankful more than I can say to be part of something that's bigger than me, you know, to have something that feels like meaning and purpose in my life, a reason to get up every day and live well um, and feel like my focus isn't turned inward. It's turned out to the world. And it just, I mean, it just gives my life so, so much meaning. And every time, like I said, every time a kid finds their way to the open door, you know, my heart just kind of explodes. Cause I know that like you were saying, at least for this next hour and a half, they know that they're not alone and they know that people care about them and they're worthy of love. And, you know, whether that's through a hug and through art or music or a snack, or just the words that we speak to them, they, feel loved in the, in the time that they're there. And I know that they can take that with them, you know, and that they'll look forward to coming back again. And it just affirms in their little hearts that, that they're not alone in this, that they have a place to go and they have people who care about them. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what it means to me. You know, I wonder if more of these types of places come in, uh, come out of different towns, after hearing this conversation, because it just, it's so electrifying. It makes Mm -hmm. me want to make sure like this kind of open door project is not just happening here, but it's happening in more places. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that is so great. Just knowing that there's a place in your town and you are little, you know, um, part of the world, you are making a difference and hopefully this sparks maybe some inspiration, maybe someone's listening right now and is going, Oh, that has been on my heart or, Mm. Oh, you know what? My life, it needs meaning like this. You know, Mm. I wouldn't make it impact like this. Um, you never know what kind of fire this starts in somebody when they listen to someone like you and who's just Mm. on fire to make life a better place to live. Mm. And um, it's almost like this this is your mission field, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, seriously, I drive through towns wherever I go. I look for empty storefront buildings and I'm always picking out, oh, this would be a great open door in this town. Oh, that would make a perfect open door project. We have our two big um, windows in our storefront lit with, with lights and and then people can see in too when the kids are there. And we've had people say to us, you know, oh, my kids are all grown, but when I drive by there, it just warms my heart to see those kids in there. Or, you know, um, it, it makes the town feel like something good is happening right here, like something wholesome and something life-giving. And there's just like love and light and, and joy radiating out of the space. I mean, you can literally just, <laughs> it's just almost tangible. And, um, 
And I think it inspires young and old alike. People stop and just want to look in because it just makes you feel good to see kids laughing and painting or singing or whatever. You know, it's there's something just on a basic human core level that resonates deeply with that type of experience. That's amazing. Absolutely. Do you see, I guess I have to ask the question now. Um, do you see this being something that you open up in, clo- in other towns close to that? Um, mm. Is that something that's on your agenda or is it something that you just want to focus on here and we'll see where it goes? Yeah. Um, I would say that it's, I wouldn't say it's on my agenda, but I would say um, that I'm open to it. I would love for that to happen. I um, We have our hands full kind of, working on establishing our root system at our, at our first location here. And, but I am hopeful maybe that the day will come when there will be people. I mean, we've actually already had people from other towns ask questions about it and say, you know, Schuylkill Haven needs this or Hershey needs this, that there's been a few places. So, I mean, who knows the sky's the limit and I miracles happen all the time. So, I mean, there could come a day where open door project is a household you know, name that people, it's just known throughout our, our state or our country. I have no idea. That would be so cool, but I certainly don't have the energy to set about trying to make that happen. I'm willing for it to happen. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I definitely think you have something there and it's almost like, um, just like a candle being lit. And Mm -hmm. I feel like you're just lighting more candles just by expressing this joy that it brings you this light that just comes out of you exuberating um, through the what I'm hearing and um, your community is really benefiting from it. And I, I can't wait to see what comes of it when others listen to this. And mm-hmm. and who knows, maybe, maybe it will be a national thing or <laughs> a statewide thing or a county thing. But mm-hmm. either way, I mean, this is really, you're making your, your town shine. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kids really benefit from this. Um, by you opening up your door and allowing them to come in and learn more about who they are and learning about messages about, you know, who who they are, their, their identity themselves as they find their way. Mm -hmm, Um, It's just like you're lighting their paths. You're lighting more candles along the way. And soon it's like this beautiful city on a hill. Mm, You know, I hope so. I hope so. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's beautiful. Well, before we end today, is there anything that you want to say to someone out there who is maybe going through something difficult right now, or maybe right now they're, they're in a nonprofit and they're finding it, you know, a struggle to stay above water. Um, What is your hope? What is your, your advice to them? Oh, wow. I mean, honestly, right now, what I would say to anyone else who's struggling is that you're not alone. I mean, anything worth doing is is difficult and self-doubt and obstacles are just unavoidable but if it's something that you believe in on a core level and it's a conviction just hang on to it hang on to it and look for the helpers and I don't know miracles happen you know so I I just believe that hope and light and love they win you know and so I don't know. I, I, there's no, obviously there's no cookie cutter answer to give to anyone, but to anyone, honestly, who is doing something that they believe in, 
what I really want to say to them is thank you. Thank you for doing what you're doing to help make the world a better place. And whether I've told myself this many times, if the open door only only can survive for a year, then it was a year that I made a difference. And if it survives for two years, then it was two years that I made a difference. And that's not failure. That's two years of success. Um, so many times I think we feel like failure or success, you know, um, are based on what the world tells us success or failure is. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. I believe anytime we're obedient and we follow what we believe in, however long that season lasts, it was worth it. And never underestimate what happened during that time. I mean, we don't know. Yeah, absolutely. God can use anybody, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. That's so good. I love that you said, uh, find the helpers. If anything, I might even coin this episode as look for the helpers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, because that's so, that's so needed to hear. Like you're not mm-hmm. alone, but ask for help. I think mm-hmm. anybody, um, sometimes I know that if I'm carrying a big, big plate, like it's, it's full of stuff. I might need to stop and ask for help. Like take some yeah. of this off of my plate here because mm-hmm. I can't do it all on my own. Um, and, and you're not alone in that trying to do everything, you know, um, I think everyone thinks, oh, you have to do it all, but you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. You can't, you can't do it all alone and you don't have to. No. Yeah. So ask for help. And, mm-hmm. and if you got a vision that's going to change the world, definitely you're going to need some help because that's a big dream to, to do. <laughs> that is, that is a big job. That's right. <laughs> and you know what too, like many people have something to contribute and they're waiting to be asked to contribute. And so that's what I've been noticing too. Like we've been asking these people and inviting them on board and they're delighted because they have something to share with the world as well. So every time we ask someone or invite them to to partner or to help, they are also now um, sharing in that meaningful work of changing the world. And that's a gift that we're giving them as well. So you know, sometimes we feel like we're a burden or a bother to ask for help. But I think there's a lot of people out there really that are just waiting to be asked to help make a difference. Oh, and thank you so much for all of your words of kindness. Just so uplifting. I really think uh, someone's going to walk away here and go, wow, or, 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 or pause at some point and go, you know what, that just totally filled my bucket up today. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much for all that you're doing in the community. Thank you for being a light and telling others that they matter. Like who doesn't mm-hmm. need to hear that in this day and age, you know? Um, yeah. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you over and oh, over. So and I hope that this just opens up more doors, <laughs> more open yeah. door projects, if you will. Um, and that would be great. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Amazing indeed. Doesn't this make you just want to roll up your sleeves and ask yourself how I can be a helper? For me, this was a sweet reminder to spread kindness also and to tell people that they matter, matter to me and to their community. You know, in Romans 12.10, it says to love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. You know, Anna's doing just that, and that is just contagious because now I want to be doing the same exact thing. How can I tangibly love one another genuinely and then take delight in honoring them. 
That is something I'll be asking myself this week. And for those of you who want to find out more about the Open Door Project, you can go to the links in the show notes. I also added a bonus video for you guys, so you can check that out there. Are you looking also for a way to show the Be Encouraged podcast some love? Well, then you can click subscribe or write a raving review. It helps others find out more about the Be Encouraged podcast. And as always, thank you for your love and support and listening. Have a great week, everybody.